want you to get your Bibles. Woo. Go to Romans, the 15th chapter, and the second verse. You don't have to stop your worship. God is up to something very unique. I'm trying to be as sensitive as possible to what he is doing. Father, we thank you for your presence and what you have available. Romans chapter 5, 15, Romans 15, verse 12. The Bible says again, says Isaiah, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Verse 13, now may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace. Oh, I love that. I told the 10 o'clock worship experience, happiness is circumstantial. Joy is supernatural. Joy will begin to be released in your life when it makes no sense to have joy. And some of us have been striving for happiness, but I'm going to tell you, the promise of God is not I'll make you happy. The promise of God is I'll give you joy. Ooh, that's so good because, because it doesn't matter what circumstances naturally are happening around me if I can just tap into the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. What happens with the joy of the Lord? It gives you strength. When the joy of the Lord is released upon you, and I need to tell some, I need to pause for a minute and tell somebody who is in a moment where it doesn't seem that great or grand, or you're not excited about the things that are happening around you, God is about to release supernatural joy over you. I'm telling you, as you have come to this house today, when you came here, you didn't hear me to come hear another message. I mean, I done heard so many messages in the 37 years that I've been alive. I've heard many messages across many pulpits all my life. I've been in church my entire life. I don't need to hear another message. What I need to hear is another word from the Lord directly. And what the Lord is saying that no matter what's been trying to steal your joy, I just feel this. There is a restoration of joy that's coming apart. If you need joy, I would just lift my hands on that right there. And I would just worship into that moment and just receive that. I loose now the supernatural joy of the Lord upon your mind and your life. And the enemy is not going to, oh. I heard the Lord say, you will laugh again. Uh-huh. For the devil has been trying to take your laughter out of your home. But I just release, oh. You're going to laugh when there's nothing to laugh at. There is about to bounce. There is coming a fresh joy upon you. Woo. This is strong in here. Father, I thank you for the joy of the Lord. Let's just stay there a minute. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. Thank you for the joy of the Lord being released. Woo, 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 woo. Joy, 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 joy. We bind up depression. We bind up oppression. We bind up the waste that comes from hell. We cast down every imagination and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. And the scriptures say that you would give us joy. And so we receive the whole of joy, the oil of joy. There's a horn filled with the oil of joy. And I say, Lord, have you said in your word, pour out your oil of joy. 
You said you would give us joy for mourning. Oh, I cancel out mourning seasons. I cancel out grief. Right now in the name of Jesus, there are many that are in this room that have been mourning over past things, over death, over all kinds of stuff. But I hear the Spirit of God say, I'm breaking the power of mourning off of you. You've been wearing grave clothes. But I hear the Lord saying, I am the grave robber. I go into the graves and I pull out things that seem dead. I go into the grave and I pull out stuff that seems like it's gone. I can hear my and Mary weeping over their dead brother Lazarus that is inside of a grave. But I hear Jesus standing in front of that place and saying, Lazarus, come forth. I hear God speaking to your dreams in this room. I hear the Lord speaking to your dreams and dreams that have seen dead and dreams that have seen down. I hear the Lord saying, come forth, come forth, come forth, come forth, come forth, come forth, come forth. But there are many of you in this building who have begun to give up on your dreams. You are beginning to give up on the things that God has called you to. But the grace to redeem the dream is in the room. Come on, lift your hands. Father, thank you. Wow. Woo. Thank you, Father, for redeeming the dreams. Okay, I'm going to try to finish reading the scripture. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may, look at this, abound in hope. Not just a little bit of hope, a whole lot of hope. God wants you to abound in hope. Not just an ounce of hope, but he wants hope to be spread abroad in your life. Listen, the hope comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to minister a message this afternoon entitled, Hope Restored. Oh, restored. Thank you guys so much. We have been in John chapter 10, verse 10. Y'all just stay there, though, okay? Stay in place, yes. John 10 and 10, where the scripture says, the thief comes, but to steal, kill, and what? Jesus turns around and says, but I have come that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We have been paying attention to different areas that we've been robbed in life. And not just from the aspect of us being robbed, but then we've been contending and fighting for the promises of God in our lives. First week, we begin to talk about how there's been a robbery in our money. Somebody said, I know that's right. Uh, we, we begin to talk about how the enemy tries to take our energy, how the enemy tries to take our, our time. We begin to talk about these things, but today we want to deal with hope. Hope. Let me give you a good definition of hope. You ready for this? Hope, according to the Greek word for hope, is the word elpis, and this is what it means. Expectation of what is sure or certain. Expectation for what is sure or certain. Here's the thing about hope, okay? Hope is an expression of what you expect. So naturally, the enemy of your soul has been fighting against your expectations. So he's made it happen that in certain relationships that you've been in, positions that you've been in, you expected for stuff to happen and it never happened. So now, as you're journeying through life, a couple of things are happening with many of you. Some of us, either we have low expectations, because our idea is that if I keep my expectations low, I don't have to worry about being disappointed. 
You can sit up there looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Your, your, your expectation has, has become low. Some of us don't even have low expectations, no shade, no condemnation. Some of us have no expectations. So we're just living life and kind of whatever comes at us, comes at us. And a lot of it comes because of the fact that we have had expectations before in the natural. But those expectations have not been met. So then we decided no expectations for me. The problem with no expectations or low expectation, that means anything goes. So any relationship that I am in, if an individual begins to treat me a specific way, really doesn't matter. Anything goes because I can't hold you accountable if there is no expectations. If I just let you conjoin with me, if I let you connect with me without expectations being laid out, then anything really goes. Let's, let's back up. Let's, let's walk through this a little bit. So in my friendships, there should be no friendships that I have that don't have expectations. And if, if I say, I, 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 um, we're just, you know, just going to hang out, we're just hanging out to hang out. It's just the stupidest thing ever. I told you when I preached to you about time investment is that you just never spend time anymore. Remember, we don't spend time. We invest time. And if we're going to invest time, it has to be done intentionally. And so if there's no fruit from me spending time with you, you don't get my time. So I should definitely not have any friendships with our expectations because what begins to happen is you could, you could flat out cuss me out, call me a B, say I'm the worst thing on the ground, and I have no place with you. I have no foothold to stand in. Why? Because I never laid out expectations. And some of you are looking at me like, really, in my friendships? Yeah, why do you think your friendships are so jacked? Because they have no expectations. Are you hearing me? One of the first things we do when we're, when we're in premarital counseling with couples is we talk to them about their expectations in their marriage. People oftentimes get married without laying expectations out. So, gentlemen, the first time she doesn't cook a meal, you're like, where my dinner? And she's like, that wasn't in the expectations. We cannot assume in a, in a time in America where gender roles are not traditional gender roles and how everybody would expect it to be. Some of these ladies are working nine to fives. If you want her to have every meal on your table, maybe you should make it where she don't have to work. I'm just trying to help somebody in the Holy Ghost. Y'all ladies should have gave me a little bit more on that one. Are you getting this today? Expectations. Expectations. I have to make my expectations clear so that I can be able to be successful. Here, here, I just want to drop this on you, and then I'm going to get to the meat of the message. Is this. God wants you to win in relationships. Who's tired of losing in relationships? And some of you want to fake like you're not losing. But let me tell you something. If every friend around you has nothing, no ambition, and if they got a little ambition, they ain't got nothing to really show for it. Because Christians, we'll hang out with you if you have, if you talk a good talk. And we say, at least they have faith. They don't have faith. Faith is not faith because you talk. 
faith without works is dead. So faith is not faith unless you faith is not faith unless you bust the move. So you're not having faith just because you talk and say you trust God. Trust in God and faith in God can be proven. It's not ethereal. And it's proven by way of action. So what is your expectations happening right now? Here's the truth. Some of our expectations, even as it relates to uh, men, we don't, some of us don't trust men. And I'm talking male and female. We don't trust men, and a lot of it, unfortunately, came from a father wound. Because a father, can we talk real in here today? At the 1230 experience, hello, church. It, 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 a lot of us, we had expectations out there, and our fathers did not meet it. Right? So now, every time we get into a relationship with the male, and then let me, thank you, Holy Ghost. Let me pause and say this. Your childhood experience should not be an excuse for your current dysfunction. So even though, even though I'm making a connection line, that's not an excuse. Because you are 45, you're 50, you're 60, you're 20, you're 30, still blaming your daddy for why you act a fool. You grown now. And you should get somewhere and get healed and get dealt with and stop blaming that man or why you crazy. I meant it. I meant everything I just said. I hope you heard it. But let's just draw the line for drawing the line's sake to give an understanding. So, so we, we, we are in a place where we're like, I don't, I have a problem with men because my dad was not there. Not only that, some of you, it's not a father wound. Believe it. We don't even talk about this much in the world because we just bash dads so hard. But a lot of us have a mother wound. It's what we experience with our mothers that put us into a position. That's why some of you ladies are like, I get along more, I get along better with men than women. I, I, can't, I don't fool with women. And what you don't understand is that you walk in self-hatred. You a woman. So you don't like yourself? I just need to confront some stuff today. Right? So because we had expectations, wanted you to be at my game. I wanted you to tell me that you love me. I wanted you to affirm me. And I had these expectations. These expectations weren't met. So now every connection that I have, I step in with either low or no expectations. Even your job, unless your boss is stupid, has expectations of you. And they communicated on something called a job description. You work for me, the last line going to say, and whatever else I ask you to do. Because <laughs> 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 be people get stuck on them job descriptions and think that I'm just going to stick to what's I know. And whatever else I say do, glory to God. It's important for you to understand <laughs> that you've got to have expectations. Somebody say expectations. Are you getting this? So, so what happens is that the enemy is trying to attack your progress by attacking your hope. Let's just take a journey. You're going to walk with me for a bit? Let's go to Proverbs 13, 12. Proverbs 13, 12. Let's lay this out. Let's lay this out. Scripture says, hope deferred. Okay? Hope delayed. Hope that's not manifested in the way it should be. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When my hope is not in place and my expectations are not in place or my expectations have been there and they have not been met, 
My heart becomes sick. So many of us have been robbed in life and we're literally sick in our hearts. What is our heart? It's the seat of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Your heart is your soul, your soul is your heart. The seat of your mind, your will, and your emotions. So the enemy wants to make you sick. Here's, let me help you with this. Some of us are physically sick because our soul is sick. Mm -hmm. Some of us, it is nothing but a spirit of infirmity that's grabbed a hold of us because we've been that saddened, depressed, or upset about our current situation. Do you know that many cases of cancer can be traced back to worry and concern? People are tripping out on life. I'm so sick that I'm becoming sick. Why? Because, because in my life, my hope game is messed up because my expectations are not there. And here's why. Because the only way that I've seen expectations is that I put them in moving things. What do you mean by that, Pastor Sermon? Let me help you with this. People are fickle. You understand me? Somebody will tell me, you're the best person on the planet. Same person will post a post on social media about a week later and be like, I mean, I can't stand these pastors. Well, you only have one pastor your whole life, so we can figure out who you're talking about. I can't stand these pastors and what they do. You're confused. Fickle. That's why you can't put your trust in people alone. I'm not telling you not to trust people. Because some of you are feeling the amen in your soul. I'm not preaching your dysfunction. You can put that right back in your pocket. I'm not preaching your dysfunction today. Because you can't, if you can't learn to trust people, you don't trust God. Ah, why? We are the body of Christ. You can't decapitate God. You can't love the head and hate the body. If you're going to love him, you got to love his moving parts. Y'all ain't saying nothing here. You gotta, you gotta love the leg, the pinky toe. Y'all ain't saying nothing. The navel. Y'all know some of y'all don't clean your navel. You know how I smell in there. You gotta love that too. <laughs> I gotta make y'all laugh so you can take this medicine. Glory to God. <laughs> so you, you, you gotta, you, you can't, you can't take and decide what parts of God you're gonna love. You got to love every part of this man, which includes people. Are you getting it so far? So we've got to go on the journey of trusting God on the level we need to trust him. But here's the great thing about God. Even though people are fickle, God is solid. He's a rock. So even when we are the fickle people, come on, y'all, we can be fickle with God. One day we're like, we love you, God. The next day, we don't even want to pray. I wish somebody say, hey, man, stop fooling me in here. We are not in Catholic mass. You're going to say something here. It's, it's important that you realize that when we show up, oftentimes we are fickle. And that's why, you know why some of us, ooh, this is going to be a hard one to swallow, but receive it. Some of us don't trust people because we don't even trust us. Because you know you're fickle, then you assume everybody else is. Right? So it's like the hoe calls everybody else a hoe.
come on, some of y'all, you either been a hoe or you know somebody that is, and you know how it is that you see hoe in everybody. Because you see through the lens of your dysfunction. Are you getting this? Yeah, I said it in church. You say a lot worse, so you're right. Are you getting this today? So what do I put my trust? I put my hope in God. And if I put my hope in God, even if I have a failing relationship, I'm straight because he's got me. Did you hear the difference? I put my hope in God, and I can trust God and trust you because even if you move out of the way, even if you disappoint me, he still has me secure. Get your neighbor next to you and say, just trust God, man. This is good teaching. Hope deferred, put the scripture back up for me, makes the heart sick. Makes the heart sick. So a lot of us, we're dealing with that right now, and you haven't been able to give language to it, but I'm trying to give you language today. The reason why things have not been happening the way you want it to happen or you've been feeling down in some ways because you've been sick. And you've been sick because your hope is not Resting in the right place. Your expectations are not strong. Are you getting this? He is the God of hope. If you want hope, then the good news, according to our text that we saw earlier, he is the God of hope. So then we've got to build a solid relationship with the God of hope so we can rest our hope in him. How do we get hope? There's a process to it. And I want to lay out this process to you so that you can take it to the next level. Are you ready for this? Some of you lying. Here we go. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Um, because here's the truth. Before, before I get into it, like we can talk about having hope in God, but can we talk really real right now? Really real. Okay. Yeah, let's just let's talk real for a moment. What happens when your prophetic word or... The revelation that you have about your life is not lining up with your reality. I don't want to be the preacher that just tell you have faith in God and just leave you out there. Let's talk real. What happens when you have a, 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 a promise from God, you have a prophetic revelation, you have a prophetic word, and then it doesn't line up with your now? How the heck do I handle that? If we keep it real, sometimes we have felt by ourselves, and it seemed like other people were getting what they was believing God for. Y'all going to act like y'all ain't never been there before? It seemed like other people. I've been at points in my life. I'll just talk about me. I've been at points in my life. I was looking at people. I told y'all before, I was looking at certain pastors, and I was walking in strong pride. And I sure looked at them, and I was like, now, God, I know they about nothing. They don't love people. I mean, they, you know, they run out of side the door with five armor bearers and don't even talk to anybody. Here I am loving all your jacked up children. Giving them all my life and time. Hugging them. Kissing their little babies. Loving them all. And I'm not, this is for real, it's genuine. I, it's not, I don't just do that. I really love y'all. It's a real thing. I might not even know your name, but the love of God flows through me to you. It, because a real shepherd doesn't necessarily have to know your name to love you. I know, that because this is your problem, because that's a supernatural relationship. It's not natural. 
That's for somebody another day. I don't got time for it. Let me move on. Uh, and, and so, and so, and, and uh, I'll come back to that. Okay. So it's important that you get into the process of understanding how God wants you to relate to him. Okay. As it relates to hope and where you put your hope, you've got to place it in him and in him alone. Somebody say him and him alone. What do you do when the promise is not there? Some of y'all, this is there this week. Well, you're like, God, you playing games. You're going to promise from God. I've had people, my wife and I were trying to have a baby after our first child. We experienced miscarriages, weren't able to have a baby. But every place we went, God sent a prophet to tell us we were about to have children. It was the most annoying thing. Because we had just had a, I remember the, the, the week something happened. Some lady came and was like, you know, the Lord was in an elevator. We were in Bahamas, as a matter of fact, on a missions trip ministering. And the lady comes on and she's like, you know, the Lord wanted me to tell you guys, you know, he's about to, I wanted to just slap the heck out of that lady. Because I was like, God's saying all this stuff, but he's not putting up. I hear you talking, God, but where's the manifestation? Let's just talk real. So what do you do? Okay, now let's go. Let's go. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to walk to it. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse, please. Through whom also we have access. I love that. Somebody say access. Access. Oh, you've got access to the kingdom of God. That's good news. Because that means that I'm not, my life is not built upon just this earth realm. I have access to the kingdom of God by, by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of the Lord. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of the Lord. Next verse. And not only that, here it is. We also glory in tribulations. Let's talk. Tribulations. Translation, problems. Problems are a part of our journey to hope. And the way you manage problems will determine what kind of outcome you will have in your life. All problems are not from hell. A lot of your problems are coming straight from heaven. And the problem is coming... Here it is. So you can have purpose. <laughs> Listen. Another prophetic word I used to hate hearing. You're called to the broken. You're called to the broken and the messed up. I mean, I mean, it seemed like every prophet, especially in the early days of the church, you're called to the broken. And the, I'm like, can I get a word about being called to the rich and the famous? I mean, I'm telling you the truth. I was like, I am sick and tired of hearing the broken and the messed up. Look, can I get a word about, you know, I'm called to present. I don't want the word about the broken. But this is what I found out eventually. I started loving my assignment. Because I wasn't just called to the broken. I was the solution for the broken and the messed up. Y'all don't want this. 
So inside of me, I carry the answer for every broken and messed up person that I enter. So when I forsake my problem, I forsake my, my, my uh, purpose. When I forsake my, my problem, I forsake my purpose. If there were no problems, then you would have no purpose. God raised you up by purpose to solve a problem. Do you know some of the richest people in this world are rich because they solve problems? The bigger the problem you solve, the more money you make in the world. I said something to you. Yeah, yeah. That's why you got to be okay with solving problems. Repeat after me. I want to be a problem solver. I thought we were a church of world changes. Why you sound so weak when you say that? Say, I want to be a problem solver. So then you got to stop complaining about your problem. Because any problem he presents, he's just not going to give me the solution. I got to walk in as the solution. <laughs> so when that problem comes, I'm like, I'm not tripping. I got it because I'm the solution. You a broken, messed up person. I am the right pastor for you. Now, over the years, the Lord made it clear to me that everybody's broken and messed up. I didn't get that before. So, so the wealthy are broken and messed up in their own way. Does everybody has their areas of being broken and messed up? And later in the years, he provided that information to me. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Appreciate that. Um, that, that, that everybody has a little bit of brokenness. In, and I tell you, I always tell you, we are all jacked up. We all jacked up. None of us have it all together. You're not here today because you have it all together. And if you think so, your pride is the proof that you don't have it all together. I'm not here because I have it all together. I am here because I need God in order to live out this life in the natural world supernaturally. I need the God of heaven to deal with my imperfections and to deal with what I haven't been and what I can't be. It's the grace of God that allows me to do whatever it is that I'm called to do. Are you rocking with me this afternoon? So. I've got to embrace my problems. Why? Because the problem produces perseverance. What is perseverance? Lasting power. How I manage my problem will determine how long I can last in the thing God called me to. The reason why some of us are so quick to run out of a thing, or quick to throw in the towel, Quick to be done. As soon as we see a problem, we, we hit an exit. Right? If something looks like it's going to be hard work, some of you have quit certain relationships because you were like, it shouldn't be this hard to be in a relationship with you. Now, listen, let me give you the balance. Some of that stuff you were absolutely right about. But that's why you need the Holy Spirit to discern because some of my greatest relationships have been the ones that I worked the hardest on. Them jokers where we just fit like a, like a, like a glove. Them, those relationships are far and gone. I've just found that in my life, a lot of the relationships that I had to work the hardest on, they actually lasted. Why? Because there was work that was done for it. We didn't just hang out because we had the favorite, same favorite color. That's not a point to have a relationship because you like red and I like red. Are y'all getting that? You like Mexican food and I like Mexican food. That's not why you become friends. Are y'all hearing me in here? You like action movies, I like action movies. No. 
You need the kind of friends that are willing to lay your life, their life down for you. People just evaluating friendships all over the building right now. They're calculating. I was going through one of the hardest times in my life. I received an extremely difficult betrayal. A person I loved very much that went on a rant in social media and calling around to people within our church. This was years ago. And defaming me. And it hurt me deeply. When you love hard then you can, you can be hurt very strong. And don't think because someone is in a place of leadership that they're, in, they're not human. I called him, and I was just talking to him, and all of a sudden, just weep. You know, and I'm not afraid to cry. That's not a thing with me. So you men who are, I wanted you to get healed. Amen, amen. Uh, so I called him, and I didn't even mean to cry. Here I got on the phone. I mean, I started weeping like a baby. You believe. My friend lives about 45 minutes to an hour away. He got to me in 30. So he had to be speeding. I'm not saying that's good. My point is that in my hardest moment, my friend, who was a big executive in where he was working, dropped everything he had jumped in the car, and when he got to me, he didn't join me with my hatred for the people who were talking about me. I'm trying to do <laughs> He deal with it. He said, you know what, Sherman, you're right. They shouldn't be doing that, and they're wrong to do it. But let's talk about why that's affecting you that way. Let's talk about how to get you healed. Let's talk about how to make sure now you don't bleed on the people who stayed. See, the right friend is not the friend that comes up, girl, I will knock them in their jaw, which I, I, I understand sometimes in some kind of situations. I understand. Sometimes somebody need to get clocked in their jaw. Don't mean you should. But sometimes people are just, hey, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm a pastor that giving you permission. But I, I am saying that some people in some kind of situations sometimes, you like asking for me to, but I'm not going to, but you asking. Just saying. You don't need the friends that are just going to fight in the natural because if you got friends that can only fight in the natural but afraid of demons, they're not the right kind of friend. And some of my friends, some of your friends can't fight demons because they're carrying a legion on the inside of them. And the Bible makes it clear, Beelzebub can't cast out Beelzebub. Somebody say problems. I've been debating if I was going to say this all day. I woke up in the morning saying, I got 99 problems, but a praise ain't one. Y'all thought I was going to say something else. All right, moving on. Tribulation <laughs> produces perseverance, lasting power. No problems, no lasting power. You rocking with me? Let's move forward. Next verse. We almost out of here. And perseverance, our lasting power, produces character. Okay. So if I don't have a problem, my character is shifty. I got to think about problems differently. 
Because if I never had a problem, I never have an opportunity to build up my character. So some of us have flaky, you, some of us, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Let's just, just come on, let's talk a minute. Let's talk a minute. Some of us, we are very flaky. Let's just be honest. If we say that we're going to show up somewhere, like, you know, we just didn't expect them to show up on that time. I have a sister, uh, I have a family member. <laughs> I already said it. I got a family member that's always late for dinner. So, you don't know which one. You don't know which one, so it doesn't matter even if you heard me say sister. So, I got a family member. I got a family member. You don't know which one. I got a family member that's always late for dinner. And so, my other family member told that family member that dinner was at, at 1 o'clock on Thanksgiving when it was really at 2 o'clock. <laughs> family member, I'm proud of this family member. They did a little bit better. They was there at 2.30. Usually, it would have been 4 o'clock. Amen. So, praise. But they thought it was 1 o'clock, though. So, you know, it still didn't really. Amen. You, <laughs> some of us, <laughs> and <laughs> some of us are, we, we, if we be real, real, we're fickle in some areas. And the problem why we are is because we have pushed problems away. We didn't embrace the problem to let the problem work in us what God wanted to work in us so that we can be able to be sustained and have lasting power and through that lasting power have strong character. You've heard it said before, but it's worth mentioning again. God can open up a door that you can close. Because if you show up not being the version of you that you should be, then you can't sustain what he opened. Okay, yes, I'll say that. So character, the right level of character will put a muzzle on your mouth when it needs to. Because some of us are so used to popping off. You in here, I'm coming for you. You, you. you used to popping off. So when you got into a corporate setting, talking about business, the corporation, and your boss did not do something you like, you popping off at them like you're talking to one of your friends. Why? Because you never took advantage of your problems. You didn't learn how to manage your problems correctly. Therefore, you've had some issues as it relates to having lasting power. That's why you quit stuff, you quit people, you quit relationships, you just quit. And because, because you don't have that lasting power, you don't have strong character. Write this down. Character is not what you do when everyone's watching. Character is what you do when the lights are off. Truth is, if I went to some of your jobs and introduced myself as your pastor, they would say, they go to church? They'd be like, they? I'd be like, yeah, every week, every Sunday, I see them that. They go to? Why? Character. Without a strong character, you become a bad witness for Jesus. We don't know why some churches aren't filled. You want to watch some churches are 10 years old with 10 people? Which that's not a church, it's a Bible study. I don't care what you say. Read the Bible. Acts chapter 2, the church was born full of people and full of power. You cannot call yourself and decide you're going to create a new track of how the church looks. If Jesus is being glorified, he draws men unto him. Period. So you got your 10 for 10. And the reason why nobody wants to come 
is because not they don't like Jesus, they don't like Christians. They encountered a Christian with bad character. Some of y'all are itching right now. I mean, you're, you're just, um, people are twitching all over the building. It's just, it's hitting them. Again, this. So what do you got to do? You got to allow your problem to be your problem so it can give you lasting power. And the lasting power is going to take you to have strong character. And what is that character producing you? Hope. This is the process to hope. The process to hope starts with the problem. So we're lacking hope, which is expectation. We're lacking hope and expectation of what God would do is because of the fact that we won't let God solve the problem through us. Can I show you something really quickly in the Bible? The, I didn't show, y'all, y'all in for good. I didn't show 10 o'clock this, so I'm going to give this to you, though. Let's go here. Let's go to Mark 1-9. Then I'm going to get out of here. Let's go to Mark 1-9. Came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Verse 10. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting, and the spirit descended upon him like a dove. Then a voice from the heavens said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So put your finger at verse 11. This is the greatest moment that could have ever happened to him. The father's affirmation. You are my son. I want everybody to hear it. God called you to be my son. You're going to do great things. Verse 12. Immediately. After I got my prophetic statement over my life. After God told me I was called to do X, Y, and Z. After I received my promise, look at this Bible. Are you looking at it? Immediately the Spirit drove him where? He was anointed or a problem. You can't call yourself a Christian and want to run from wilderness experiences. You're going to be a follower of Christ, follow that man into the wilderness. You got saved because you thought God was supposed to give you your Christian version of the American dream. House, picket fence, husband, wife, some, you know, buckethead kids. And you thought that that's what it's about. Jesus got the word of his life. And immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness. Listen, just give me the next verse because it gets more interesting. And he was there in the wilderness, hold it, watch this, 40 days. If you study scripture, you find out that he, he, was, he didn't eat nothing. He was fasting. 40 days. But look at this. And he was with what? The wild beast. What does that represent spiritually? Demonic powers. Jesus called him. He, Jesus has called now into the wilderness, having given the greatest word of his life, and he's called into the wilderness to wrestle wild beasts. You get your promise, and one of the first examples to you that you heard from the Lord is that wild beasts show up. 
I need y'all to see this. Because you've been thinking you're crazy because after you said yes to God, you thought it was going to be a smooth ride. You're like, what is all of these bumps and what is all of these demons that I'm dealing with? You've been called immediately into the problem that you're called to solve. And every problem you're called to solve has wild beasts assigned to it. You better preach in here, Sherman Dumas. And, but listen to this. You don't have to worry about the wild beasts. Because you're anointed for them. Ah, I'm about to run. When Jesus was in the wilderness, y'all remember another verse begins to talk about how Jesus, the devil showed up and tempted him all kinds of ways. You're the son of God, catch yourself down. All this kind of stuff. Jesus kept on using the word. It is written. He used the word to fight the devil and the wild beasts. That were in that area, he was able to conquer it. And this is the great thing about it. Even when I feel like I fought the fight of my life. How many of you felt like 2018 was the fight of your life? I mean, you was like, you're like, Lord Jesus. I want you to see this. Heaven never leaves you by yourself. I need you to see this. Y'all read this your whole life and ain't paid attention. It says that the wild beasts were there, and then what happened? The angels minister to him. Why is that important? Because for everything that God has anointed me to contend with, heaven never leaves me by myself. I feel like praising God right there. Heaven will always make sure that the ministry I need is released to me. So I don't have to trip about any problem because heaven's got me. You understand that? I don't have to trip about any issue or situation because heaven is going to make sure I receive the ministry that I'm supposed to receive. Heaven is going to make sure I'm in power. Heaven is going to make sure I have what I need. Hit your neighbor and say, why are you tripping? You got heaven. You got heaven. You got heaven. You've got heaven. God wants to release upon you the reality that you're not in any fight by yourself. A problem is not an issue because I got heavenly backup. And if I learn how to deal with my problem, it's going to give me lasting power. And if I get my lasting power, it's going to build my character. And if I get character, forget about hope deferred. I'm about to get hope. I feel like you're about to have a restoration of hope all over this building today. And you might have came to church for a multitude of reasons, but I, the reason why God brought you here today is that he wanted to restore your hope. Your expectations are about to arise because your expectations are being placed in a God that is unchangeable, a God that is lasting, and a God that reigns, his kingdom reigns from generation to generation. And he wants you to receive everything that he promised you. Let me be God's prophet to you. The promises of God, I remind you again, are yea and amen. Whatever the Lord says, to you. He means that it's going to come to pass. God is just trying to fix your hope. He's trying to fix it and put it into place. But you've got to let him anoint you to solve that problem. you got to give him, give you strategies. you got to let him show you what to do. Don't run from the problem. Embrace it. And here comes your hope. Come on, lift your hands. Father, I thank you for this grace. Thank you for the power of this grace. That's in this building right now. You're the God of hope. You're going to fill us with joy and peace. The hope comes by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
And we thank you right now for the hope that's coming upon our lives. If I were you, I would just worship into this moment. God is renewing your hope. I feel that. He is renewing your hope. Your hope, your hope, your hope, your hope, your hope. Your hope is going to be in the cross. Your hope is going to be in that Jesus Christ who died for you. Your hope is going to be in him. It's not going to be in another. There's a restoration of hope in this room. You're going to leave out of this room a different man and a different woman. You're going to leave out of this room with another level of expectation. Every place you look around, you're going to expect God to move. Every situation that you have, you're going to expect God to reveal himself. Your expectation is coming up higher. It's not going to be in things that are shifty, but your honorable sire, your hope is going to be in the rock himself, in the rock himself, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the house of God. Woo! If you're a worshiper, it's a good place to lift your hands and worship him. There's something happening right now. This word is about to manifest in a lot of, wow, this word is manifesting in a lot of your spirits. Whoa, thank you, Lord. Wow. Come on, take advantage of this right now. Just worship the Lord. Just worship, my God, just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. Worship him. Give him glory. Give him honor. Woo. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him glory. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him glory, give him honor. Come on, open your mouth and fill this place with worship. Fill it with worship. Put your worship in the room. Come on, put your praise in the room. Put your worship in the room. Put your praise in the room. Come on, some of you, for whatever reason, are being reserved. But forget about what's next. Lift your hands and just worship him for a minute. Come on, lift your voice and give him glory.